On today's episode of Shooting the Breeze, we talk about one of our latest severe weather events in central Illinois. We also talk about some of the big changes we've had to our weather pattern as of late. Fall has finally arrived. And with that, cooler temperatures, but when could we see our first freeze? We'll talk about that and more in Shooting the Breeze with your local weather authority. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night. That's only if you're an insomniac and can't sleep and you're listening to this podcast for God knows why at 2 in the morning. I'm your local weather authority chief meteorologist Chris Yates, joined by meteorologist Molly Naisland. Hello. And meteorologist Adam Sherwinski. And you forgot good day. Oh, good day. Good, good day. day. Good day. Good day. Good day. I'm glad that we all three thought that. Yeah, good day. Uh, how y'all doing? Man. We actually saw each other last week, so this is not... <laughs> yeah, this is... We have it two weeks in a row. Oh, wow. Wow. We, yeah, that's amazing. We're getting I, uh, back into it. I like the chilly weather, though. I'm enjoying it. Feels nice, don't it? Yes. I'm 50-50 with it, because I like the, uh, like, what we're going to get next week, where you have the sunshine portion. Yes. I, I would prefer if it were sunny out right now. I, uh... I can justify wearing a sweatshirt to the gym because usually I wear a sweatshirt to the gym no matter what time of year it is. But usually people look at me like I'm crazy in the summer, but it's just to get a good sweat. Now they don't think I'm crazy anymore. Plus, I also got I my... I still think you're crazy. Oh, that's just regardless of what I wear, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they don't know you like we do. <laughs> <laughs> but I also got my most basic of drinks. I've got my uh, pumpkin spice today. And uh, I got to say, I was telling Molly about this before recording. It, it's okay. I think it's overhyped a little bit. I, I liked it, but it was it's overhyped. It's overhyped. Apple. I mean, it's Apple high. all the way. I you're looking at us like we're. I've actually never had a pumpkin spice drink. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's, if you like, I, that's why I'm not spending five bucks. On if you're it. obsessed with pumpkin <laughs> drinks, then yeah, yeah. But I'm not obsessed with pumpkin. I like pumpkin a lot. I'm I have my own it. fall mixtures of drinks that I will not go into because it is not necessarily kid friendly. <laughs> we'll just take out the not kid friendly part, and there we go. <laughs> I like apple cider. I do Ooh, too. Yeah, me to too. Say, oh, we'll yeah. just we'll go there, but there's I, usually I, some additives. No, I, I mean, <laughs> right? No, no. Yeah, I get you. No, we, nope. we, agree. we agree. It's a good fall drink, um, which reminds uh, me, I probably need to go check on my apple cider supply. Oh, mm, that's important. And chili. It is chili season. Yes, I do, I do love chili. Now I'm ex- not chili too. slash soup season. Also mm. football, which is great for chili, and you also get um. We, what would my mom used? My mom used to make like uh, not cheese bread, like cheese bread, and she would make it for Bears games. So, like we had the Bears game at noon. My mom's like, okay, we're done with church. Three o'clock's kickoff. We're gonna go to mass. After mass, we're gonna go to the store, pick up everything we need to make cheese bread. And she would like make a mixture, put it, and like dad would. That's like my dad's like, this is the best part of my day. I get cheese bread from my mm-hmm. wife, and I get to watch the Bears. That's a that's a fall memory for you, it's boys not, and girls. It's not too often you hear the Bears being part of a good day. Wow. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. I'm the only Bears fan in here. I mean, look, I, I see there's a Bronco fan. We haven't had anything good in the last six years. But Hey, good, <laughs> we haven't had anything good since the last. Hey, two, we'll three, see. Four, That's where I'm better than a Bears Over fan. 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, before we get into the weather stuff, uh, Adam, what's going on on this day in history? History. Dude! Oh my gosh, we gave you a minute to do this. No, it's it's already done. I just got to pull it up. Ah. Goodness, I got his phone fell asleep. I can't. I mean, I. (laughs) 
I know I do a lot of things off the cuff, but goodness gracious. Okay, we jumped on him a little fast. Wow. Nah. nah. I, I'm scared. <laughs> I just had to unlock my phone, guys. All right, let's get to it. This Day in Weather History is a Facebook page you can follow. We're not sponsored or anything by him. We're not having a partnership, but I like to give him a shout-out because, hey, they're giving me the information, and I appreciate that. September 22nd, 1948, a Category 4 hurricane made landfall in southwest Florida. The day prior, the storm had wrecked the Keys, Archipelago, as it can't three. Throughout the state, 1,200 structures were damaged or destroyed. Three people were killed, and several dozen were hurt. September 22, 2006, a major outbreak of 34 tornadoes impacted Arkansas, Alabama, Illinois, Kentucky, and Missouri. The strongest tornado of the event was an F4 that slammed Crosstown, Missouri, and points east. This was the last violent F4 twister in the United States to be read the old Vegeta scale. Twelve people were injured. Another tornado. Outbreak. Excuse me, I had to swallow right there. September 21st, 22nd, 1894. We're going back in time here. An outbreak of at least eight tornadoes impacted Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. A family of devastating long-track violent tornadoes in northern Iowa, including an F5, was responsible for most of the outbreak's destruction. 63 people were killed, and roughly about 240 were hurt. September 21st, 1998, Hurricane George's struck Puerto Rico. The Category 3 brought immense rainfall totals on the island, with many locations reporting over 25 inches. Over 25,000 structures were destroyed, crop losses exceeded 60%, and $3 billion in damage was produced. I got two more here. I got a bunch of hurricane ones here, but I'm going to go with another one that's a little bit topical. Uh, September 20th, 2017, Hurricane Maria made a devastating landfall in Puerto Rico. Thousands of structures were destroyed, forests were shredded, and communications and power and infrastructure were obliterated. Maria took the lives of at least 2,900 people on the island, and I think that's a good fitting way to talk about that last one because recently Puerto Rico lost complete power with Fiona piling through. So... You don't get it just once. They got it twice in five years. Poor Puerto Rico. Yeah, the island's just in a bad spot in general for (laughs) tropical systems, and it doesn't just doesn't have the infrastructure to withstand storms. Uh, When Fiona hit Puerto Rico, it was only a Cat One, but it produced a ton, ton of rain. Um, But uh, so devastated Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic Mm -hmm. as well. Um, keep in mind that part of the world I think is still trying to recover from some earthquakes in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I know uh, still Haiti, that area is too. Yeah. Haiti and the Dominican, but it's just it's it, all those islands. They're beautiful to visit, but hurricane season they're just scary. It's tough. The the, the challenging part there uh, and rebuilding their infrastructure and trying to make something maybe a little more resilient uh, to systems is that it is so difficult to get in and out of. Uh, so when you do get like a storm like this, and then we saw this with Maria, I believe, is it the storm washes away your ports. It tears up your airport. So there's really no way in or out until they can get it cleaned up for you to bring the heavier machinery in, which is why uh, it takes so long um, for that to happen. Um, but it just shows you, I mean, even a relatively, you know, non- not initially strong wind-wise hurricane with Fiona. Uh, it can still turn out to be very, very bad if it just hits you right now. And it did. I mean, it just, uh, they got put in that right quadrant of the storm where it's just dumping rain. And it, it, I mean, we've had here in America where even we've had storms that weren't significantly strong but have had major impacts. I mean, technically, if on paper, 
on paper, just from the sound, a category one. Wasn't Sandy like a category one? And then like Sandy Superstorm. Yeah, I mean that. uh, Yeah, it became post tropical wrapped up. But like how you if you don't count everything else, you just heard that category one. You think well, it's not that strong of a storm, but it wrecked the Northeast. You look at Harvey was a good example of what was a pretty weak storm, Mm -hmm. but sat over the Gulf Coast, Mm -hmm. didn't move, and it just dumped. You know, with you know Hurricane Harvey, they just dump, 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 dump rain, and De- so it just shows you what. Yeah, details are important. They when are you important. talk about any storm. Details so, are yeah. important. If you do happen to go down to the to to hurricane prone areas, don't just look at the category number. That's the it's almost a misnomer. You know, just because it's a higher number doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be worse than a lower number. Then the other part of that is, especially along the coast specifically, you don't think about with the category number. The storm surge, which is right. also massively problematic outside of the rain and the wind. I'd like to see, a, I don't know how likely this is, but I would like to see a, a different scale with some sort of impact, hurricane impact scale that can be used instead of the Saffir-Simpson scale. Hurricane Center, get on it. I, I think there's been a number of research. It's just that where, what, you know, if you can, if you can find a, come down to a certain index where you can factor in storm surge, rain. Uh, storm size, right? Because the larger the size of a storm, the greater the storm surge is going to be. Uh, that was the problem with, uh, we can go all the way back to Katrina with this. Even though it weakened uh, prior to landfall, it still carried the storm surge of a Category 5 storm because of its size. Yeah. And it was pushing, you know, even though it was Cat 5 in the Gulf and it made landfalls a Cat 3, it still had a Cat 5 storm surge. Because the storm surge doesn't just go away when the wind speeds uh, start to come down right before landfall. It's still got all that momentum built up out and out over the the waters of the Gulf. So, oh, it'd be nice to see that. That's a little over my uh, my pay grade and my research level, but I think and I think a lot of people would like to see it. It's just how do you do it? And, yeah, I mean scales are hard to make in the yeah. first place. Like any kind, even if we're talking about the EF scale or any type of scale. Yep. Period. Because it's like, okay, there's so many things to factor in, unfactor in, you know. And I think with hurricanes, just because there's so many. No two hurricanes are exactly alike. Therefore, it's like, okay, then how do we compare and contrast? And, you I mean, yeah, one's bigger, but it didn't dump as much rain. One's smaller, but it had nothing but rain, you know, less wind. So I'm not I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I'm just saying there's a, that's a lot of – There's a lot of things. There's a lot of to peel away from it that. We get tornadoes. They get tornadoes inside of hurricanes. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole different beast there. Tornado canes. There, that's a that's a new technical term that, you can use. I mean, tornadoes are one thing, but hurricanes scare me. Absolutely not. Yep. Nope. I'm out. Um, we've got a new one forming, of course, in the uh, in the Caribbean, Tropical Depression 9, as of us recording this. By the time we actually publish this, though, it may end up being Tropical Storm Hermine. Hermine, i got to still look up the pronunciation. Wait, is there like a little accent over it? No, I don't know. Oh, it, those, okay. A lot of these, uh, I'm going to Google this real quick. What if it's just Herman? Well, see, <laughs> that, <laughs> has, that has happened before. That's uh, not a very scary name Atlantic. for a hurricane. See, I should have looked at this beforehand. Uh, name, pronunciation. I'm just glad I live in a world where Gaston was twice named as a storm. I honestly kind of hope that it's just Herman because that's not a very terrifying storm name. And I, part of, okay, so you know how they retire certain names? Hermine. Hermine. Uh, Hermine. Well, I mean, Sandy isn't the scariest name in the world, but I don't know, man. That's a pretty bad storm. Could you imagine if if the name... (laughs) Herman was retired in the hurricane books, though. I don't want it to be retired because that means that it was a very impactful and significant storm. But 
Herman. Right. I mean, there's just some names, you're right, that just don't sound as scary. But, I mean, Katrina is one of the worst ones. And it's also, you know, I wouldn't say Katrina's a scary name. Not that someone named Katrina couldn't be scary, but. No. You remember last year's weirdest uh, one that threw everybody was Henri. Oh, it's Henri. Spelled, Henri, yeah. It's spelt like Henry, but it was. Henri. 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 So that one, that there was a big public uh, information campaign on the right pronunciation of that. You know, you know what else was a weird one? I like people knew how to pronounce it, but it was just odd. Cristobal. Oh yeah, that one was a weird one. Was it Cristobal or Cristobal? No, it was Cristobal. Okay, yeah, it's spelled like Cristobal. Cristobal. Yeah. So that's we're gonna get that name again in 2026. Oh really? Oh yeah, because they didn't retire it. There's one 2024. Chris, plain simple. I feel like just Chris. I feel like you Chris. you might have a slight bias to that. I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. All right. No, all about. right. All right. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. Just saying, I have a storm named after me. I think we all do at this point. I, I mean, feel like you're not pretty common names. I feel like you're not. If that gets retired, this is going to be a different conversation. It would be. It <laughs> would I was, be. I, I'm pretty sure I've heard of a hurricane Molly before, and I've heard of a hurricane. I haven't. I'm of sitting I've, here. That yeah, of course you is are a the hurricane. hurricane. Yeah. I am the hurricane. Um, no. I haven't heard of Adam before, though. I haven't heard of Adam. I don't see it on the list. Doesn't mean it won't come around eventually. Maybe it's like the first Submit time I had it. Like, ah, Submit it. All right. Uh, so yeah, we're keeping an eye on soon to be Hermine. Uh, Hermine is expected or soon to be. It's not technically named yet. Um, it's gonna. We expect it to form here probably today. Uh, if and by today I mean Friday. It's one fourteen Friday, September twenty third. As I'm speaking this. It's going to happen, I think, at some point for the rest of this afternoon. Anyway, uh, expected to track towards Cuba and then up towards Florida is kind of the general consensus, uh, somewhere along the west coast of Florida. So uh, folks who are traveling out of central Illinois next week will want to pay close attention if you're heading down that direction. Although I think this thing is still going to – I even gave my parents a heads up in their, uh, in New England right now, uh, but they're going to start migrating back to the west. They're in an RV and they're, they've been traveling the country uh, all year. Uh, they're going to be starting migrating back towards the west here. And I said, hey, where are you going to be at by the end of next week? Because the remnants of that system are going to be somewhere between the Appalachians or along the east coast. We don't know exactly where, but that could be a problem. <laughs> Even, you know, if you're, you know, you're they're camping out in RV campgrounds, a lot of trees, I don't high winds are not exactly something I want them to be to be around of. So and even though people are like oh remnants like there's only rain from that I'm like no you can still get yeah, quite a bit of wind damage. We can yeah. still get tornadoes even from yep. that or severe storms yep. and it happens. And especially at that stage too when when they start moving inland like that and they start becoming post tropical because now they're getting hit by the jet stream but you still have that ground circulation of a hurricane and then you start bringing in strong winds aloft you can end up with some pretty good tornado outbreaks. Uh, so yeah we'll see how that kind of goes. It doesn't it's not going to impact Illinois. Although we are having impacts in a way that because of that, I don't know if you guys noticed the models today for the middle of next week have gotten colder. That's because you're going to start to see cold air being pulled southward due to that hurricane pushing inland off to our southeast. So in our forecast, I think I had upper 60s and low 70s in for the middle of last week. Mm -hmm. I've dropped those down to the low to mid 60s because... He's getting a thumbs up from me because I haven't looked at the forecast because <laughs> I've been off the last couple of days. Yeah, but uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy cooler weather. Yeah, it's sticking around. Hey, as long as there is sunshine, I'm going to like it. And there will be sunshine because Good. of subsidence Ooh. on the back and the northwest edge of that hurricane. So it all links, right? That system does impact 
our local weather. It's I, just not going to impact it negatively. I like fall weather when there's sunshine. Yeah. This, yeah, and I'm excited because I think this year the foliage is going to be popping. I can't oh, wait. It's so already starting to go. It's going now, but I think, boy, with these nice, sunnier days that are coming next week, the cool nights. We're we're going to be able to start it. using the word crisp when we crisp. have these I actually days. did use that word yesterday to describe this morning. Crisp. Not not crispy. Not crisp. to be confused. Or crisp. Crisp. <laughs> or crisp. Crisp Yates. That's only when he gets a sunburn. <laughs> Fact check, true. All right, let's talk about, uh, we had some severe weather this past week. What um, a doozy. That kept us kind of busy. Uh, Sunday night was a long night. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man. Uh, but let's see, we had uh, probably the biggest severe weather day of the year for us, mm-hmm. and, which again doesn't say much because it hasn't been a very active uh, year, but uh, we finally had, we had some, yeah, knock on wood. Uh, but it was the first time this year that Peoria and Bloomington both got hit with severe storms and damaged. And uh, we had a handful, uh, three tornado warnings, and one confirmed uh, tornado. Only one so far? Only one. Okay. Um, the activity up in Bureau County, which there was a grain bin that was blown into the street and flattened, uh, that was all they determined that to be wind, not okay. tornado. Wow. Yeah. But it was very, very strong. Strong winds up there. Uh, so that was just northwest or just northeast of Bradford. Bradford's in Stark County. Um, so Southern Bureau. Uh, pretty bad winds, pretty bad storms. And that storm eventually going to produce another tornado or a tornado uh, near Leroy several hours uh, later. I know because you and I were both on that. I remember you saying, uh, so I was listening to a live stream while I was waiting to go cut back in on air. Um, and if anyone watched this, probably watched the live stream that you did and were either that or they were paying attention mm-hmm. to me when I cut on air. I remember you saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. I, I, they still have a severe thunderstorm warning on it. And I looked at it and I was like, okay. Yep. And so not sure, I, shortly after I said, we're going to get on air. We need to get on air, guys. And so we started getting ready. And as soon as we started getting ready, tornado warning. I was like, all right, well, we're on air so right now. I saw that because at the time I, I – Took a moment to kind of go away from what was going on in Bloomington because we had a new warning issued uh, in Schuyler, McDonough County, and I was and it included part of Fulton. So I was like, let me go briefly check in on this. I was like, it's all mostly south. And I and I come back and look at them. I'm like, well, this is concerning. I'm seeing it starting to hook, and I see the rotation starting to pick up a little bit on radar. Now, that area gets real messy with radar data. It, mm-hmm. It's just a very hard spot uh, to eye stuff with. Uh, and then I notice... What I think to be a CC drop, which is a, correl- a drop in correlation coefficient values. You see that over a couplet, it's an indication that debris, that there's a tornado on the ground because debris is being lofted into the air over rotation. Now, it wasn't a, a strong, uh, We usually we see those CC values drop more than what was advertised uh, or what, what I was seeing on the radar drop. And it wasn't super high up. So I was like, well, we and I, before I said anything on the live stream, I... Because I stopped mid-sentence because I didn't didn't want to panic anybody. But I'm like, uh, that looks like, and I stopped and I quickly typed something to the web service. So I said, CC drop question mark. And they said, we don't know yet because it doesn't fit the full, it wasn't a slam dunk. Anyway, it turns out, yes, that was debris being lofted in the air. Now, here's the problem. There was no sign of a tornado prior to that. Right. So the, and that came out uh, when they did their damage survey, the tornado actually touched down. Um, six minutes prior to that, we caught the very end of it. That's when the radar picked it up. And uh, I know McLean County had spotters out there, couldn't see a thing because it was just 
So it's one of those things where it's in the middle of the night. You've got no visibility, even with all the lightning those storms are producing. You still couldn't see it. And so it just kind of says, you know, when you're under a severe thunderstorm warning and you've got bad storms, people in Leroy in our, in our live stream were commenting, hey, the wind is really, really bad here. You know, be sure to stay, you know, stay away from those exterior walls. You need to be inside because those severe thunderstorms can produce tornadoes with very little warning because the radar is not always going to see it. I mean, those things make rounds once a minute to two minutes during severe weather. Um, but even then, there's no guarantee that it's going to be picked up by the radar beam. There's always, always those messy areas in any radar field that you have. And tornadoes can happen 30, uh, 30 seconds and you had one mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's done. Yep, we did that. We had one in Delvin a couple of years back that did that. It actually touched down in between radar scans, which didn't, was super annoying. Didn't we have one like that, the Mason City tornado last year? that kind of did that or it was short-lived but it showed up oh okay. but it was one of those things where we didn't know it was on the gr- i would say it was very similar to leroy yeah. where it was on the ground and we didn't know it was there until it was already starting to lift because it did its damage and then we saw the debris but by the time we saw the debris in the air with the rotation the tornado was the the end of the tornado that's the problem with these little spin-up tornadoes is they happen super super quick I mean, the one good thing is that they also don't produce as much damage as some of the longer typically. ones. Typically. Typically, typically, yeah, yeah. But they're they're pesky. That's what makes it frustrating. They are pesky. So the National Weather Service uh, came in and rated that tornado an EF0. And I have a in our weather blog. You guys can go and look at this. Uh, I've got the storm track plotted there, or the tornado track plotted. Uh, it really hit the south side of Leroy. I guess there's a country club out there that's closed, or at least was closed this week. I don't know if they've finished cleaning up and have reopened um, but had peak winds of 85 miles per hour which is a high ndf zero uh, path length three and a half miles with 30 yards uh, on the ground from 1228 to 1234 and uh, was basically yeah, three and a half mile long track uh, there's also some good video here of some uh, some security footage uh, from I a, saw from that security fo- footage floating around. Yep. That was that was good footage. Pretty intense stuff there. And you see your patio furniture and the trees just going everywhere. One of my neighbors, because it was really interesting, at least in Peoria, I came into work and once I crossed Sterling, that's where all the tree branches were. Did you see the fire? You didn't, or you probably didn't even see the firehouse get. Hit. Oh, I saw all of it. So I was driving back this opposite direction later earlier that morning before you got in, and I thought the power was out because there was like no lights out there. They must have gotten the light power back on, but I didn't see it till the morning coming back in. And it's like, yeah, I saw a couple bright or tiny limbs down and some leaves down around my apartment, the neighborhood around my apartment complex. But as I was driving, like got to Sterling. Sterling was fine. Then I turned left to get on Gale, and then I was like, oh. There's a lot of branches here. Mm-hmm. And the firehouse, yeah. firehouse 13 got hit. That's where we did our stories for Monday. I mean, that's where I did a couple live shots and talked to the fire. And it was, it's always interesting since, you know, blocks have houses and everything are on power. Uh, there was Amron crews out when I was on my way into work. They, mm-hmm. they found their window of opportunity to start fixing places. So you go across the street and there would just be patches of dark for these areas that had no power service to them. And it would just be like this dark blotch within all of the light that's in town. Right. Because, I mean, even getting on Sterling, we had plenty of light, but like, Gale was like out. And yeah, you, like, could, you could definitely tell which areas yeah. didn't have power. And I know, like I said, like, it's just like, I didn't, I, I noticed it when I was driving back that night. That night I was like, man, there's a lot of sticks in the road. No surprise. We had a storm come through here. 
But I didn't realize, like, oh, their reaction was kind of bad here on Gale until, right. like, the next day. I, That's when I noticed it was bad. I was, like, when I pulled in the next yeah, morning. You never, I, could see, I could see everything. Yeah, there's still reports. So when you get these overnight events, they're always you're going to get a lot more coming in the day after because yeah. people start waking up or getting out and actually seeing it. Um, I was looking back at looking back some of the radar data after that because yeah, we had a severe thunderstorm warning for Peoria. Mm-hmm. Um, I initially was concerned about it for hail. The hail kind of dumped out west of us. Yeah, I noticed that. And then the, um, but the wind, boy, they had a really good wind profile. Now, it was, I think, I want to say more microbursty, but at the same time, this had some um, low-level jet influences behind it. It started, there. it was like, it was a, it was a straight-line wind event, but it wasn't like a derecho type of thing. It was just right. a very strong cell. It picked up some winds coming in aloft and brought them down to the surface. Well, somebody asked me. I was over in the Knowles neighborhood, which also got hit pretty bad, too. They mm-hmm. had actual trees come down, like yep. full trees, full come, trees down. come down. We've, we've got a video of that on CIProud.com. Um, but uh, I had to do a plug. But um, I, somebody asked me, like one of the guys I interviewed, he was like, hey, so what causes? And I'm like, you know, looking at the radar, I saw that where that hail was right west of town, mm-hmm. like in our western, those western towns. And it was there, then it was gone. And I'm like, it had to be a somewhat of a downburst that just came through Peoria or some mi- microburst real quick. Yeah, there was a – the radar showed – if you ever see on radar in, that the leading edge of the storm, you get a huge tight gradient there in the reflectivity values. It's a good indication that the winds are converging at where that radar sampling is happening. So where the wind is converging aloft, it's being forced down. Because it's not, it probably can't rise much more. So it's coming because you got air coming together. It's going to be f- dropping down towards the ground. When that happens, it starts to bring in those stronger winds from aloft. Ah. Now, if you were looking at the velocity signature, signature, you notice that you probably didn't notice a lot of faster wind speeds on on the radar itself. And the reason is is that wind was likely blowing perpendicular to the radar site. Which, if you're looking at perpendicular radar, <coughs> I tried to mute. <laughs> I have water. It's fine. <laughs> I was going to mute, but I got I muted Molly, but I didn't mute everybody. Sorry, womp, Molly. Womp, womp. Am I unmuted? Yeah, yeah, you're unmuted. Okay, I'm back. Uh, don't worry. I got water. Sorry for that interruption. Sorry. Brought to you by Molly's Cup. <laughs> um, anyway, the wind was blowing perpendicular. So if you a little... If you're ever looking at Doppler and you're looking at the velocity signatures and you're wondering why it kind of shows up as a gray, well, that's because the radar can't see the speed. The radar can only pick up the speed of the winds if it's moving towards it in some site, in some way. So, like, if you got a let's, – let's use a police officer uh, trying to scan for speeding cars, right, going down an interstate. The only way he can get you is if you're actually moving away or towards him, which is why he's probably parked at some angle off to the side of the street so he can get your – if he's perfectly perpendicular and you're passing in front of him, unless his radar gun is turned, you're not going to get a sample of the speed. Uh, so we don't, you know, it was a terrible spot to get a good reading from the Lincoln radar site. Now, you might have had better luck with a west wind maybe for um, coming in from Davenport. By then, you're looking way high up into the storm right. and, and stuff. Um, but that it looked to be, I saw a symbol of it. You can kind of see it after it went through Peoria. Up near Spring Bay, I can see it moving. I could see the the north edge of the downburst moving out and away from Peoria, but that was a few minutes after it had come through. Anyway, impressive. It was an impressive little downburst. It would have been very, very scary 
for the folks that were underneath that because it you're really just getting trees that come and then they'll they'll get lifted and blown. I mean that that wind is no joke. That's what uh, one neighbor said that I talked to in my package that day or on, on Monday. Wow, it feels like it was only a couple of days ago or almost a year ago. It feels both long and short at the same time. <laughs> but um, one neighbor was like, yeah, I think the winds were just so strong that it didn't just knock over that branch. It knocked it over, moved it, and then put it right in front of our yard. Not like placed it, but like it moved it up just enough. There was enough force to push it off and have it land in our yard so we didn't have anything hit the house. Because, yeah. I mean, that tree was right on top of them. Had it just fallen over, that would have just their roof. If you ever see video of when of these microbursts or these straight-line wind events happen, especially from limbs that are higher up in the tree. They don't, the limbs aren't going to fall straight down. They're going to blow at an angle. Yeah. That's, it's kind of like a, kind of like a kite gliding down or a plane gliding down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's very, it's kind of weird to see. It's not, you may not expect that. Right. In, and, that, and that's why I, when I, when I saw it, I was like, no, that makes sense. Like when you're, now that you're mentioning, I'm like, yeah, it makes complete sense. But my uh, house caught the direct like wind hit because of the angle that it faces. So that's what woke me up in the middle of the night was hearing the wind just throwing the rain against the window. I don't think it hailed. I don't think I was in the area that saw any hail, but the rain was being pelted into the window so hard I thought it was. It was it was such a heavy. I thought we had hail here at the station, and we didn't. I didn't see any, but because I wanted to go look outside and almost locked myself out um, to go. Yeah, those doors are tricky. They are tricky, (laughs) and I was not. I couldn't. I was not thinking straight at that point in the evening, but um, I thought we had hail, and I was like, let me go see if we have hail. No, but it sounded like it because those were heavy drops Mm -hmm. too. I turned on one of our cameras uh, real quick. I t- turned over to one, the Paradise Casino camera that we have, looking from East Peoria to the to Peoria, and I was like, oh, I can't see anything. Hell, <laughs> there's nothing it's there. It's just a gray pitch of just water. So I could tell we had a storm for sure. I was like, that explains a lot. <laughs> what did you expect, bud? What did you expect? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we weren't the only ones that got hit, too, with uh, that same storm that started moving to Champaign County, like out of our viewing area. But our sister station oh, got man. hit got hard. Oh, man. Um, there's some flooding down there. I saw all that coming in on the the chat during my shift, and I was just like, "Oh no!" Yeah. Um, I actually got to talk to Jacob and Jacob Dickey and uh, Kevin Lighty, the chief meteorologist over there, about that, and they said, "Had that gone, and even had, they had a package about it too that they aired and put on Facebook and stuff, had that gotten one more inch higher, the water, everyone would have died." That was oh, connected yeah. to the water, mm-hmm. and they, and that's what they said. It's like, yeah, no more WCIA. And someone was like, oh yeah, our our servers would be fried. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be here. We'd be six feet under. And I'm like, oh. And I asked Kevin about that. I was like, you know, because he was at the little podium that they have doing the weather coverage, and he's like, yeah, we got lucky. It had it risen enough, and you know, hit the where our computer was right down there. I would have gotten the brunt of it, and I was like, you wouldn't have been here. He's like, I wouldn't have been here anymore. And then everyone else that was had was in the water, like their feet were in the water. We're gonna get shocked. And I mean, I saw their green screen too. I mean, their green screen had a little bit of, thankfully, a wooden one, but they have a, a little more of a cloth-like one. And it's like you can see the marker of where the water was. And there's yeah. their floors scratched up. They've got they're ca- pulling out carpets everywhere. It's it's a mess. They had a rough time. Yeah, but they did it, and I I salute them for still going on air while they had water going everywhere. They still had a five o'clock in the morning show. Just everyone had to wear galoshes <laughs> and boots. All right, uh, change gears before we wrap this up. Um, I made a wrote a story yesterday on our first freezes in central Illinois. Boo! Time is a coming. So Burr. average first freeze for Peoria, for anybody curious, is October sixteenth. I wanted to guess. <laughs> Sorry. 
I rose my hand and he's like, oh, it's over. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about this? When was our earliest first freeze on record? September 22nd. Do you have a guess? I was going to say October 1st. The earliest freeze on record, September 20th. I was going to say, Ooh, if you said close. August, I was going to be upset. <laughs> is this price is right? Do I win something? Because no. I was close. I latest freeze on record. Latest? Latest. Hmm. December 20th. Latest first. Latest first. Oh, latest first. Okay. December 15th. 15th. November 30th. November 12th. Ooh. Mm, I was closest. Mom okay. was close. So, yep. Uh, fall is here, which means uh, it won't be long before we hit that first freeze. Um, historically speaking, we could have had it already, but uh, we do have – it's going to happen here in the next probably two or three weeks, chances are. Chances are. Hey, fall. Yeah. You're giving, you're giving that look of I'm upsetty. excited. Spaghetti. I, okay. Everyone who has been a longtime listener of this podcast knows that I am freezing cold all the time, so I'm not ready for those freezing temperatures because the studio is going to be an icebox, and I'm going to have to live in my coat and my blanket <laughs> and maybe my slippers too. Hey, you do you. I will. <laughs> I I am a fan of cold, but not too cold. Like, 40s are fun. Yeah, 40s I like 40s. Fun. 40s. You start going to 30s. Uh, yeah. 20s. Uh, Teens. Stop. Uh. Anywhere south of that, stop. I, I remember what was I was in Joplin. They were talking about how it was so cold. They had like they were lighting the rails in Chicago. And I was like, boy, I'm glad I'm not up there. Hey. And then I moved up here. And I was like, ah, oh, it's gotten pretty, <laughs> and it got pretty cold last two winters. So, All right. Well, hey, let's wrap this up. Uh, it's been a fun podcast. I'm going to leave you guys with a lame, super lame dad joke. Can't wait. All right. What happens when winter arrives? What? Autumn leaves. <laughs> <laughs>